0: Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life. We are convinced that the Bible is God's holy word, perfect and without error. Its perfection delivers what is good and beneficial for those who hear it and heed it. It is perfect for it leads us to the perfect one, the Lord Jesus. He is the Bread of Life. Let us seek Him together through God's word. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. So you fall into sin. It takes you far down the road and you've traveled a long while with it before it spits you out. Defiled and disheveled in your sin, you seek forgiveness. God grants it. But where do you go from there? David's Psalm 51 is a wonderful song seeking forgiveness. But in it, David reveals what our potential is once we've been forgiven. Listen in, or read it for yourself. Psalm 51. Let's go back and read it in the Old King James. To the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him, after he had gone into Bathsheba. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear When thou judgest, behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in inward parts. In the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted to thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, Thou God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of Thy righteousness. O Lord, open Thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth Thy praise. For Thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, Thou wilt not despise. Do good in Thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem, then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering, then they shall offer bullocks upon thine altar." Well, we've been studying this passage for a couple of weeks. If you've missed the last couple of weeks, I'll just briefly set somewhat of the stage of the passage. Here is a confession that David offers up after he has committed a series of sins, the time in which he had stayed home from the spring wars in which kings would go out to battle. He sent his armies out without him, but he was lingering out on the top of his palace, looking out over his kingdom, and from there he noticed a woman bathing herself. He lusted after her. He sent his own guards to go and take her to him. It doesn't appear as though Bathsheba had much of a control in the situation. David was somewhat of a despot. That's how the Middle Eastern kings operated in that day. He committed adultery with her. He tried to hide his sin by getting Uzziah, her husband, to come back from the battle lines and encouraging him to go into Bathsheba himself. But Uzziah was a noble man and wouldn't go and lie with his wife when his soldiers, his fellow soldiers, were out sleeping in the fields. So David had to do the next thing and he arranged for Uzziah to be sent on a suicide mission in which he would certainly be killed. So David lies, he lusts, he covets, he commits adultery, he commits murder. He thinks that he can cover it up by then giving himself more zealously to the execution of the laws as the king. Nathan comes to him and tells him a story of a rich man who had many sheep. He was very wealthy and he had a poor neighbor that only had one little lamb that he loved very much and that the lamb actually lived with the family and they treated him like a member of the family, this rich man had a guest who came and visited him. The rich man was not willing to slaughter any of his sheep. He went and took the little lamb from the poor man, slaughtered it to feed his guest. David, zealously making up for his own sins in his own life, says, that man will surely die. Nathan says to David, you are the man. Following this, this psalm is written. It is an expression of, I doubt likely the exact words, but the spirit of the words that David prayed under the conviction of that moment. David not only offers up this offering of confession of sin, but he makes it public to the whole nation. He writes a song, he gives it to the chief musician of the people of Israel to teach the nation to sing. So they'll know what he has done, and they'll receive instruction as well from the sin that he's committed. This is what we've been considering, this is what we've looked at. now. If you look at it, you'll see that David wants something from God so badly that he makes it his request over and over again. It repeatedly finds itself within the psalm. We won't be focusing on it because we've spoken about it before. But the real issue is David wants to be clean. David wants to be forgiven. And so even as he progressively works his way through the psalm, this is the note that comes interjecting itself again and again throughout the prayer. There's more that he'll ask for than this. But within each request, there is this one single note that he wants to... Know that he's received from God of everything else. He says in verses 1b and verse 2, Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. In verse 7 he says, Purge me with hyssop. Bring the sprinkling blood of the sacrificial lamb upon my life through the brush of the hyssop plant and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. In verses 9 and 10a, Hide your face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart. Verse 14a, deliver me from blood guiltiness. Make me clean. Wash me. In the first seven verses of this psalm, David has an expanding understanding. And this is something that we've talked about already, a bit of a review. David gains an expanding understanding of the defilement of the sin that has risen in his own heart how it has risen from himself, that it wasn't exterior to him, but it was something that was within himself, and that ultimately sin came before and was ultimately against, above everything else, the eternal everlasting God. So that God was just in bringing upon him an eternal judgment. This is what David sees, the expanding nature of his sin and the ramifications of his sin and who his sin was against. With that vision, David then also has an understanding of the expansive expression of the attributes of God that must be applied to bring him forgiveness. He sees that there's nothing in himself, no zealousness after the law and the execution of the law, saying against the rich man who had all of his many sheep for taking the little lamb from the poor man, he'll die. That won't do it, David. Just executing the law with zeal will not take away your sins. Trying to be a better person will not take away your sins. Trying to be a more disciplined king will not take away your sins. Going out to battle next spring will not take away your sins. It will require all that God is. The multitude of God's tender mercies unleashed upon Him to wash away and cleanse Him of all of His sins. It's true for you as well. If you've been under the pressure of your sin and you realize what you've done and your rebellion against God and you've tried, maybe you're even in church today because you're trying to make it up and get it started on the right foot, it ultimately will fail unless you recognize that what it will take to deal with all of your sins is all that God is. And all that God is ultimately is expressed on the cross of Jesus Christ where God came in flesh, lived the perfect life, and went to the cross to bear the punishment for your sins. A God who eternally made this plan for you, sovereignly orchestrated it, in total and complete wisdom, executed it, showing His patience against sin up to this point in time, bearing in love your sin in your place in order to satisfy all of His justice. You see all the attributes of God at play here. Allowing all of His wrath to be poured out upon Himself for your sins. In order in its place, He might pour out upon you all of His goodness, all of His life. In order that throughout all eternity, you might experience all that he is. That's all that God is, given for all of your sins. David pleads for that. He prays for that. It is something that has to be so dramatic, so complete, so full, that David says, God, what is needed here is not reformation in my life. I need a rebirth. I need to be a whole new person. God, create in me. The word is the very word that we use, and the Hebrew word uses to speak of God creating the heavens and the earth. God create in me a clean heart, something new, something completely different than what I've been. That's what David prays for. That's what David is asking. Now, David's prayer of confession moves forward from this point. It will remain that he continually interjects his desire for forgiveness and for cleansing, but... Really, what David begins to concern himself as you move towards the end of this psalm is what his life will be like following this forgiveness. What will it be like once he realizes forgiveness, once he realizes this cleansing? What kind of life will I have from this point on? And David is looking ahead and he sees two things, two tones or spirits, you might say, speaking of his own life, two expressions that he wants to continually flow from his life once he realizes forgiveness and cleansing two marks that he wants to mark his life they are the marks of a forgiven man or woman. they are the things that you might expect to see in the life of a person who's realized what david is praying for his sin has been so profound and so atrocious and so shocking how can a man who's committed murder to hide his crime ask for forgiveness but he does He asked for forgiveness that would be so profound and so complete as if God has turned his face from it entirely and that he's an entirely new person. That's the gospel, by the way. What is the person who has encountered the gospel and received it and the grace of God's full forgiveness? What does that person's life look like? David offers us a vision of at least two streams that begin to flow out from that person's life. This is what David prays for, what he desires. Here are the two streams. Verse 12 summarizes them the two marks of a forgiven man or woman. Really, they're the two marks of a born-again person, a person who's had God create in him a clean heart. Verse 12 says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me by your generous spirit. What you see here is a life exposed to joy and a life established, founded, grounded in grace. A life exposed to joy and a life grounded in grace. We see this basically from verse 8 to verse 12, and 12 summarizes it. So let's look at this first point here. A life exposed to joy. The person who's realized forgiveness, the person who has been made clean, all of a sudden his life is opened up to be exposed to joy. That same life that was under the conviction of sin to such an extent that they felt like their bones were being broken and ground into fine pieces. That life that was in misery because of their sins, all of a sudden, those same bones that were all broken up into pieces begin to cry out with praise and rejoicing. Make me to hear joy and gladness, David prays, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Restore to me the joy of my salvation or your salvation. The forgiven and cleansed life is meant to be a life continually exposed to the joy found in that very forgiveness. Brothers and sisters, if you realize forgiveness from Jesus Christ, you should know this story. That the story began with your cleansing and your forgiveness, but it continued with the joy of that cleansing and forgiveness. It just continued to be an ongoing celebration of what God brought to you. Thanks for joining us today at the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship of Boise, Idaho. Our fellowship meets every Sunday to worship at 11 a.m. in the Old White Church in the Warm Springs area of Boise. 1023 East State Street is our address. Our focus is to know Christ in every arena of life and to make Him known in those same places. For a copy of today's message, you can call us at 208-331-4096 or you can go to our website at breadoflifeboise.org to learn more. Until the next time, may God bless you.